We acknowledge and pay respect to the land and the traditional families of the Yugamba region of southeast Queensland and to their elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to remind listeners that we are recording on stolen land and sovereignty has never been ceded. Welcome to Revolting Women. This is an independent podcast brought to you by four independent women. It's time to rethink, rebel and revolt. So, what do you think about the patriarchy? Do you want to destroy it? morning everyone <laughs> or good evening since everyone probably doesn't listen to our episode as soon as they come out but anyway how are you I hope you're all well I am personally exhausted and stressed it's my last week of uni and I have a shit ton of assessment due but I guess by the time this is out I actually will probably be done and I can tell you right now that I'll be living it up <laughs> Um, I'm actually not going to spend too much time on an intro this morning just because this episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. Today we have a very special guest on, a recent acquired friend of mine and a friend from high school for the rest of the girls and we'll be conducting an interview with her today. Before we introduce her properly, I want to reiterate some important terms we have been mentioning throughout the episode, just to make sure anyone new listening is well informed on what we mean when we say these things, or just a refresher for our dedicated listeners. (laughs) 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 So today's episode, we will be covering common myths surrounding transgender people, um, particularly for women, looking at the laws that have been changed over the years in different countries, and also some tips on how to be a better ally. So first of all, we'll be referring to people as either cisgender or transgender. So a cisgender person is someone whose gender identity matches their sex assigned at birth. So for example, I identify as a cis woman, and that means I align with my sex assigned at birth. Then we move on to transgender, which relates to a person whose gender does not correspond with their birth sex. Also, just to make it clear, sexual orientation and gender identity are two completely different things. Gender identity refers to your internal knowledge of your own gender. For example, your knowledge that you're a man, a woman or another gender. Sexual orientation has to do with whom you're attracted to. Like cis people, transgender people can have any sexual orientation. For example, a transgender man may be primarily attracted to other men and identify as a gay man, or they may be primarily attracted to women and identify as a straight man, or they may have any other sexual orientation. Each and every person and their experience is different. So we've also spoken a lot about the gender binary in previous episodes, but just to reiterate, I'm going to give a definition of non-binary. Most people, including most transgender people, identify as a man or a woman, but some people don't neatly fit into that categories of man or woman or male or female. For example, some people have a gender that blends elements of being a man or a woman or a gender that is different than either male or female. Some people don't identify with any gender. Some people's gender changes over time. These people, but are not restricted to, will use they, them pronouns. And we have spoken before about the colonial influence of the gender binary and how many gender diverse countries across the world there have been for thousands of years. And we recommend listening to episode one to learn more about that. 
But lastly, the last term I'm going to talk about is gender non-conforming, which refers to a person whose behaviour or appearance does not conform to either prevail- to prevailing cultural and social expectations about what is appropriate to their gender, or in other terms, not adhering to the gender binary of feminine or masculine gender expectations. So now that I've finished explaining these terms, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce this week's guest. This is something really different from our last uh, first six episodes, but I'm sure you will all enjoy it just as much. It's really important for us to be able to pass the mic whenever the opportunity arises. And as we are finally in a place with this podcast where it's more accessible to be able to have guests on, we are excited to be able to do just that and provide a voice to other people. We need to be amplifying trans voices, seeking out their stories, especially trans women who are very a very vulnerable group in society and face so many atrocities. Real feminism includes these women because they are women. There's no argument against that, which means their fight for justice is ours too. Anyway, I would love to introduce this week's guests, Aiden. Hello, Hello. everybody. How's it going? Oh my gosh. We're so excited to have Aiden on our podcast today as our very first guest of Revolting Women. Yeah, when we first kind of got this group together, we really wanted to start getting people on for interviews. So it's so nice to have you here with us. And yeah. Um, So I might just quickly introduce Aiden. Aiden is a transgender woman who went to school with Samara, Ruby, and I. We've just started to become closer and reconnect after finding each other on Instagram again. It's been so nice to finally catch up with her and see her again. And we think you are just going to love her and what she has to say. Um, She's also an actress and is in the most recent play at the Little Gold Coast Theatre called Metamorphosis, um, which actually comes out on the 18th of June. So y'all should get a ticket. Um, She also shares her experience online as a Persian English woman um, of trans experience and works to be an ally for all marginalised groups as well. We love her so much and she's the sweetest person and an absolute angel. So yeah, we're so happy to have you here, Aiden. It's so lovely to be here, honestly. It's Mm -hmm. kind of extraordinary really to see all of you here in person and just to be doing this. I love your podcast to listen to it. It's just, this is so cool, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm personally really excited for you to be here and to be our first guest because Aiden has been one of our biggest supporters of this podcast. And so it just makes sense for her to be our Our first first very special (laughs) guest. (laughs) Yeah. So Aiden, introduce yourself. (laughs) How are you today? (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, I'm better now hanging out with all of you, of course. (laughs) I mean, you're all just so brilliant and love chatting with you yeah Yeah. it's been awesome getting to know you so let's get the audience to get to know you a little bit better too so tell us a little bit about yourself hello everybody hello revolting women followers Mm -hmm. and if you're not following revolting women you need to be following revolting (laughs) women because that is basically one of the best podcasts you could be watching that are here on the gold coast so (laughs) so um my name is Aiden I am a 22 year old woman of trans experience and I have been kind of on a bit of a journey for the past year or so to understanding myself better and then also figuring out where I sit in the world that is around me. Mm -hmm. And so far it's been a very interesting, very eye-opening and rather extraordinary time in my life and probably one of the most important times in my life I found. So it's quite extraordinary really to be sitting here and just be able to talk about that with all of you. So um, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. You are. I am 
currently now finally reconnecting with my love, which is acting, which is something that I have done since I was very young. I've always had a connection to it in a way that I can't really describe. And it's, I think since I came out, it's suddenly become so much easier to act as well, which I really am grateful for. Um, Oh, that's awesome. So I'm in a play (laughs) and that's really cool. To be able to be in a play as your authentic self is so surreal. People think acting is just removing yourself to be something completely different, but often it's you're bringing elements of yourself into the story, into the play, into the character. Well, thank you so much for coming and speaking on here with us today. I just wanted to ask you a few questions just about your experience as a trans woman. So when did you start to realise that your gender was different to your assigned sex at birth? That is such a good question, Saskia, because I think there's so much that goes on, whether consciously and subconsciously, Mm. and the the world around you really doesn't cater to you wanting to understand it better. Mm. It's just this is what you are, so get re- so get real with it. Deal with it. This is your life. <laughs> get married at thirty two <laughs> to a nice Iranian boy. <laughs> <laughs> to a nice Iranian. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that addressed to me before, and it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> but yeah, um, you kind of just grow up with this is what you are, so deal with it. So. When I was growing up, I knew there was incongruence. There was some kind of difference going on. But whenever you see difference, what do we do in our society? We try to get rid of it. Mm, yeah. So I did that. I tried to get rid of it. I did appreciate some things. And my parents were very supportive of traits that aren't traditionally masculine or feminine being present in their children. Mm-hmm. But the idea of being trans was still such a foreign concept to them. So knowing that, I just kind of went through life. I kind of describe it as sleepwalking. Oh, wow. You're kind of, you're doing things and you're semi-aware of what's going on around you, but nothing's really real. Mm-hmm. Well, not real to you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's talking about you like you're some kind of foreign concept. True. And I think acting was me trying to connect with myself because, or to escape, one of those. Because mm. it's so, it can yeah, be both. <laughs> I think it was both, honestly, because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to exist. I just wanted to be something else. And just kind of live on a stage or live in front of the camera. For sure. So life was kind of depressing and not really real Mm. at all. Mm. But then once I, I think I'd known consciously that something really was up since I was like 11. Yeah. I kind of, there actually were times when I was a really young kid where I would have all kinds of imaginings that I would try so hard not to imagine, but I would imagine them. Whether it was seeing certain characters on shows and thinking that's me, that's yeah. what I am, but yeah. but I didn't. That's not you, so that mm. can't be you. It's that constant. It's almost like you've got your own. You've got your own internal bully, yeah. kind of telling you what you are, but you believe that's what you are. So you think it's just trying to guide you in the right direction mm. when it's not. Yeah, and especially when society is constantly telling you as well that internal message as well like you're constantly being fed that it would just add to that experience I assume for sure and um even just the importance of seeing um representations in the media and in shows and stuff is so important for kids to see so that their experience is validated and they can see people they can see people who how they feel inside is represented there as well is that something you would have 
valued more growing up? I think it would have been kind of incredible if that was such a thing because mm. I think it would have sparked thoughts in my mind. It might have even sparked thoughts in my parents' minds to see things as they were because there just was nothing. Yeah, there was absolutely true. no references. And the only ideas people had were so vague and so small and often really grim. Yeah. So my parents were like, well, I don't want my child to have this grim life that mm. they see. Mm. And whilst it still can be grim in many areas, it's not the way the media has portrayed it. Definitely. And just on the back of um, talking about your parents, so when did you come out as trans and how has your journey been so far? And also on top of that, where have you been able to garner support in your journey as a trans woman? I think it was, I kind of came out, it was very recently actually, so I still feel so new to things, as I only came out on January 14th last year. Oh, oh. So it was so early on. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, it was just so wild. I came out and the whole world changed around me. It's, in other words, basically like I'd opened my eyes for the yeah. first time. Oh, <laughs> yay! Like waking up as well as you. Very much yeah, so. You. No longer sleepwalking. Yeah. I know. It kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if you ever played Breath of the Wild, but there's this some um, thing where the the main character has been asleep for so long, and then suddenly they wake up. And they're exploring the world almost for the first time of their lives. Wow. That's incredible. It really does feel like that sometimes. Wow. And it still does in a way, because a lot of experiences are firsts for me. Mm. As I was just barely doing anything. I didn't I didn't go out and party. I didn't go out and chat with people about less anything other than specific topics. Mm -hmm. But now I can just have a whole human experience. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank yeah. you. That's so awesome. You deserve it. Oh, as do we all, as do we all. Everyone does. Mm. As yeah. do we all. But yeah, since then I've been able to find friends that support me. I was fortunate, very fortunate that my parents support me, mm. which was such a relief. And as soon as they learned what HRT looks like, as soon as they saw what transitioning can look like, yep. they realised it wasn't... Just to That's a good question, yes. Yeah, so HRT stands for Hormone Replacement Therapy, mm -hmm. also described as cross-hormone therapy or transgender medicine. There's all kind of definitions that people will say or they'll say hormone treatments, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, it's all cool. kind of the same thing of basically you are basically for somebody who came out later in life, it's straight away going on cross hormones, mm -hmm. which is where you go on. For me, it would be testosterone blockers, which blocks the production of testosterone or the development of testosterone, as I believe they're referred to as anti-androgens, I think. Mm -hmm. okay. Specifically attack the androgens and stop them from developing which in, in a way kind of stops what your body is natally trying to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you, what you do is you either orally or through patches or gels. Um, I do through patches, which is where you introduce estrogen into the body. And what happens is your body basically takes this and starts you through basically a second puberty. Wow. Oh, so, nice. so I'm basically living the teenage dream. Living <laughs> <laughs> the teenage dream, I suppose. <laughs> Very. I love that. It's funny sometimes you really do feel like a teenager because you're experiencing everything for the first time. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's understanding what intimacy looks like, whether it's even friendships, even doing t going for job applications, yeah. social interactions, going out, making purchases, all kinds of day-to-day -day yeah. life things are like a first all of a sudden. 
even though I had done them already. It's mm. so strange. It's so surreal. It really is. What are your some? Of, what are some of your favorite firsts that you've been able to experience? It's my favorite first, definitely going out as my authentic self is pretty cool. Like I think the first time I did that was at Supernova in 2020. I mean, that was an incredible convention. We had that literally just before the lockdown. Mm. It was oh, wow. pretty amazing. <laughs> so just before the lockdown, got to present as myself and then the pandemic happens. So it's just like, okay, go back home now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing out here? Go back home. <laughs> Which was funny. So I spent a lot of my time <clears throat> coming out and stuff during the pandemic. True, that would have been hard to navigate. It would have been you trying to navigate this whole new world, but then you've been given a whole new world on top of that. Yeah, so. definitely. It really was. And I think some of that made me, I think that's what made my experience so online. Yeah. Mm. Mm. True. Which I'm trying to change now because I realized how much I was getting so closed off mm. of just being online all the time and seeing what's going on in the world. So it's been really good to kind of be out again and hopefully things stay as they are. Um, make sure you all stay safe whether anybody is listening. Stay home, save lives, look after yourselves. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. <laughs> For yeah. God's sake, get vaccinated. <laughs> I cannot believe there was a huge anti-vax march on the Gold Coast. Yes, you see that? What? Yeah, it was in like Broad Beach or something over the You're weekend. You're kidding me, right? There oh. was like a lot of people there. I know. <laughs> it's actually oh so fucked. So lastly, just to finish off this introduction, introduction. I've taken us on a lot of tangents. No, it's no, we no, love it. We love great. <laughs> this whole podcast yeah. is tangents. Yeah, yeah. That's what exactly. we strive for. Revolting um, tangent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So we will be hitting a lot of pretty heavy topics in this episode. So I thought it'd be pretty awesome to just ask you as well, just to end things. So what is great about being trans? What is great about being trans? That's a good question. All right, let's sift through all of the awful things <laughs> to deal with every day. Okay, I'll sift through those, sift through those. <laughs> deeper, 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 deeper. <laughs> um, well, I was born in Mexico. We're not going to go that. We're not going to go that far, no. <laughs> so, um, I guess something I do love about being trans is it really does expose you to what life is like when the world doesn't want you to be there. Mm -hmm. You suddenly realize what it's like to be marginalized which i think is it's not that that's a good thing no nobody should be marginalized in this mm -hmm. world but it's kind of a how do you say it it's to be able to see that is powerful yeah and to it see... means you can gain a whole new level of empathy mm -hmm. and it really changes you as a human being i think seeing those things and I think the other thing I love about being trans is you just have such a unique perspective on things. Mm. There's so many things you would know, especially as someone that's come out later in life. Mm. You see so many things that you wouldn't really see otherwise yeah. suddenly appear before you. Like um, my whole experience of feminism is just enhanced so much um, since coming out. Because I was a feminist a few years before coming out. But now my experiences of liberation, of injustice is just kind of enhanced to a whole new level mm, that's so interesting mm. yeah and not even so much of the because people will say this to be like oh yeah because you experience it now but that's not really it because i knew it was going to happen mm -hmm. and that was one of the scariest things mm -hmm. about transitioning yeah. was because you have to suddenly brace yourself for misogyny mm -hmm. and then on top of that trans misogyny yeah. yeah so suddenly that's a whole new thing but i think yeah that's and that part will go there and Another thing I do love about being trans is 
it's so easy to take what you've got for granted. It's so easy to take little things in life. And when suddenly you've got those things that you didn't have initially, it's this Im immediate feeling of just gratitude. Mm. And often so many of us don't have the time to feel that gratitude because we're too busy suffering in silence mm -hmm. and being attacked. I mean, and surviving. Exactly. I mean, and even not even just in other countries where it's still not legal or when there's no discrimination protections, even here in Australia, you talk to literally if my, my tra if I had a trans neighbor, their life would be so different to mine. It is so much, yeah. it is so circumstantial, it is so based on so many contributing factors. And I'm just fortunate to be in a very relatively safe position and to not have to worry about so many things that they have to worry about. But it's still something that I do worry about. For yeah. sure. But yeah, it's to just kind to just have that BS, but back on the topic of the feeling of things that you didn't have, to suddenly be able to just like, like whether it's, just being able to talk to people and have them see you a certain way, to have them see you exactly as you are, mm -hmm. that's powerful. Like for example, you when you're when you're cis, you don't have to wake up thinking, are people going to see me as I am? Yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. people will see you as you are. They just know you are. Yeah. But when you have to live about 21 years of people telling you you're something you're not mm -hmm. and seeing something that just is not there and is not you but you've got to kind of live with the fact that that's what they're seeing. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting. It's crazy. And to finally be able to, even just to talk to you all, even just walking through the, um, into the building today, knowing that the person that greeted us is seeing the woman I am mm. is something so different. Even just people randomly referring to me as she, when I got a coffee today, mm. someone said, Oh, would, what, would that be all darling? Yeah. Instead of saying, would that be all mates mm. or would that be all sir? Yeah. Like those kind of things are just so, just so uncomfortable to hear. And that's that hesitation you feel every time you talk to anybody in you. Mm. Is, is that what are going to misgender How me are they or, going to treat yeah. me? Are they going to misgender me? And <clears throat> if they do misgender me, what do I do about it? Mm. Often I just have to rule with it because there's not much you can yeah. do. There's this perception that all of us, we just get angry and that we just start screaming, saying, no, <laughs> that's not true. That's the kind of, that's the kind of image that so many transphobes have managed to generate very successfully for yeah. us. But honestly, most of us, we just get nervous and we just don't know what to do. Mm. Which makes it more important for allies to be correcting people constantly and um, to be s standing up. Well, it's like when those things happen um, to you, like the people surrounding you or the people that are cis and don't have to um, have that like, Uncomfortability. Uncomfortability every day. It's our kind of job to then be like, um, to no, stand you, up for Yeah, it. you misgendered them. You, yeah. you did that wrong. Yeah. Um, you need yeah. to do this next time. And most of the time, it should go pretty smoothly. But mm. for um, you, it probably is a lot harder because um, you feel like that vulnerability in your state of mind as well, especially. Yeah. Especially when there's such an element of safety as well for trans people. Yeah. 100%. Like there's no way that you could just be going out and about and, you know, questioning everyone that says something to you because it does um, put you at a risk to a mm. certain extent depending on the person that you're interacting with as well. Yeah. And that's a huge issue, I think, for trans people. Absolutely. That is such a good point you both made is um, 
it's always safety that's the biggest concern mm -hmm. because you don't know how people are going to treat you you don't know how people are going to react and even if they just start saying mean things yes I know it's just mean words but it's still something you have to hear mm. that nobody else yeah. will hear Definitely. and 100%. often and then when you talk about it with people they're so quick to be like oh but things are better now and I'm mm. like I, I know <laughs> things are quote unquote better now but that doesn't change the fact that there are still things wrong mm. yeah Definitely. and the I fact that use that it drives it's so Dang. insane it's a bit like the not all man it's mm. like mm. we know not every single man <laughs> is actively trying to oppress women Definitely. but all men benefit from women's oppression mm. so get with it yes. and it's very much the same with being trans it's like a like it's like oh but we're not transphobic i'm like well first of all you can't decide if you're transphobic or not yeah and second we are all transphobic to an extent. Even mm. trans people can be transphobic to an extent. So mm. it's been, I think for hundreds of years now, we've had this belief that of whatever it is about gender, whether it's through the gender mm. binary and through those restrictions we've put in, that has been actively designed to perpetuate white supremacy, actively designed to perpetuate misogyny and design and kind of masking it as some kind of natural order or whatever they want to call mm. it. But it's just... We're all kind of figuring it out. We're all kind of experiencing it. So Definitely. it's natural that all of us, to an extent, would have these ingrained beliefs. For sure. Yeah, because we're socialised into that within society, for sure. So true. And I think that's why some of us trans folks struggle to come out sooner, because there is no counter-narrative and there's yeah. no reality being put into things. We're not seeing that advocacy as it's so often being shunned and quietened, or every time we do get publicity... The media comes on in and then says it as it's something else mm -hmm. and distorts everything to fear monger and cause more pain for us, yeah. which then means we all just go, well, maybe let's just not be ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we just so just so grateful, honestly, for all the people that keep going, mm -hmm. the allies that keep going for all of the incredible trans folks that I follow that just yeah. do amazing things. Um, the trans people in my support group who are just like there for us all the time. I do love that as about our community is that we do keep going. Yeah. Like we don't just stop, which is yeah. so powerful. And we're always there with love first. So thanks again for coming in. Um, we're going to start with our segment one, which is about like the misconceptions and myths regarding um, transgender people in society. Um, so we know in society that transgender people have a lot of misconceptions about them and the media is constantly spreading faux concern and misinformation. We thought in this segment it might be nice for Aiden to go into debunking a lot of the myths surrounding transgender people and explaining why there is so much of this out there. Myths and stereotypes exist for many marginalised groups and learning where they come from can be extremely valuable and helpful for these communities. So I've kind of just like gathered together some myths um, and I'll, yeah, just kind of say one, I think. And then if you want to just talk about um, either your experience surrounding this myth or stuff that you've learned over time, um, that would be amazing. Sure, I'd love to. So I think... Um, we might start off with, is trans a gender? So, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I should go off start this to mention that um, I'm not really an activist, nor am I a qualified advocate for the trans community. And um, everything I say here is only reflective of my own understanding yep. and from personal experiences. 
And as much as I will try to make sure that it's as accurate as possible, I just want everyone to know that I am just one trans woman mm. and that For I sure. don't represent all trans people. For sure. um, is trans agenda, this is something I really want people to know that people just don't seem to know. No, trans is not a gender. It is an adjective. <laughs> um, transgender is referring to the experience of somebody's gender, not necessarily the gender itself. Yeah. Um, which is why when people say that we're transgenders, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or a trans, someone has called me, I'm just like, I don't know what a trans is, but yeah. I'm not one of those. But <laughs> 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 see, as they see us, they say all these things as if we're some kind of separate entity. Yeah. But we're we're really just not a separate entity at all. Yeah. Um trans is an adjective referring to if we refer to the actual word itself, trans being to cross over. Yeah. If, if if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. transgender means basically you're going from what is your perceived gender and is and acknowledging what your actual gender is. Yeah. And then making that transitional period, whether it's socially, whether it's uh medically, like in my case. Yeah and so on and so forth to mm-hmm. affirm your true gender for sure so for me i am a transgender woman mm-hmm. which is a woman of transgender experience yeah my gender is i am a woman i just happen to be a transgender woman yeah and that's something so many people i think just kind of miss and i think the media definitely tries to make it sound more complicated than it is definitely and then they just basically mix all of us together which mm-hmm. is so funny like they will mix trans men with trans men with women. Yeah. They'll send them when they hear about non-binary people, they'll be like, this is what all transgenders want. Yeah. And they'll put us all together. And it's all very good and very calculated in the way that they try to make it look like we're just trying to, like we're some kind of group, some kind of movement yeah. when mm. we're just a bunch of people that really don't want to be treated terribly anymore. Mm. And would like to be acknowledged in society as human beings and to overall just have basic human rights and do regular weird human things that definitely any old species does yeah Yeah. (laughs) and like you said before as well um you all experience things and situations so differently and your experience is yours and i think a lot of the time in the media they make um like trans people's experience um a monolith is that the word where it's like Mm. but no you are individual people all experiencing different things and i think that's um amazing and yeah thank you for explaining that for people because it is such a common misconception and it um is nice to hear the explanation I think going off of the back of that one, um, we might go into how surgery is made out to be a top priority for all transgender people and that surgery, having the surgery then means you are um, the gender identity that you are. That's such a good question to ask really because it's something that comes up so often and I think a lot of people will try to just ask the random trans person they know on the street like, oh surgery this surgery that and I'm just like please don't ask us about surgeries when I'm going to get like a coffee in the morning (laughs) it's so discomforting it's so irritating so um hopefully this can be the alternative every time you feel like asking somebody about surgery you can just re-listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) so yes in terms of surgeries I think we could first start by explaining what is quote-unquote the surgery as this seems to be something that everybody keeps asking as they keep saying the surgery this the surgery that when there's actually 
a multitude mm-hmm. of gender affirming surgeries that every different trans person needs. Mm. Some might need one or two, some might need a few, some might not need any at all. Yeah. Mm. But they all are a part of the underlying thing of gender affirming surgeries. Yeah. And I think it's important that we're specific. Mm. So in terms of certain surgeries, there is no compulsory standard for any trans person to have a surgery of any kind. Yeah. It is more so dependent on what the trans person needs to alleviate gender dysphoria, yeah. to alleviate um, daily discomfort and to overall make their life more whole, lives more whole and more complete and more authentically them. Yeah. And that really varies from person to person. So I guess it would just depend. Yeah. But in terms of does anybody need to know what surgery somebody yeah. has had? You honestly do not need to know. Nobody's it does not apply to you. Yeah. It doesn't apply to you. If you meet a woman of trans experience, she's a woman. So yeah. there's no need to ask what surgery she's had, whether she, what dysphoria she's got, because that's her own experience and it doesn't sure. apply to you in day-to-day life. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> it's so it's weird how um, people think they have such autonomy over asking um, you these questions as well, especially mm-hmm. if they've like just met you or, yeah, like you said, going to get a coffee. Like, why are they trying to talk about these things with you and why do they feel entitled to do that as well i think that comes to how the perceptions of us have been perceived they see us as surgery addicts yeah. some people see us as that they think we're just a bunch of surgery addicts that are obsessed with a look which is why so many people start assuming that trans women are just quote unquote these i've either wanted to mention a content warning for anybody watching this that might be a trans experience I might be mentioning some things that are rather distressing. Yeah. So please just be wary of that. I will try to avoid those as much as possible, but it is something to consider, mm-hmm. especially in the current thing. I will be like making references to what some transphobic cis people might say. So yeah. just be aware of that. They see us as these kind of surgery addicts. Yeah. And then they think that we're just people that like the idea of a certain thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for example, people will say that trans women are just men that like the idea of being women. Well, I can tell you now, I don't think that ever would have crossed my mind considering mm. I was a feminist for four years. I, I don't think anybody wants to be a woman in the society <laughs> because it is so, it's we rough. deal with so much garbage yeah. every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. And we shouldn't have to deal with it. Mm. And we're still having to deal with this denial of people. Yeah. And I think it's very similar to this as I do not choose to be a woman. I just yeah. am a woman. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's then, when I had there as well, it, um, that being trans is a choice and you kind of just went into that as well. But I'd probably uh, like you to d- maybe just um, sure. expand a little bit more on that as well. No worries. So I guess to explain is being trans a choice, we'd have to consider would anybody genuinely want to have gender dysphoria on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. And whilst gender dysphoria, we should probably explain what is gender dysphoria. Yeah, definitely. Gender dysphoria is the physical, emotional and psychological discomfort we feel from whether certain aspects of our body or certain perceptions of uh, ourselves or perceptions other people are projecting onto us that are not aligned with our true gender. Mm -hmm. And this can be physically debilitating. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it can even prevent them from doing daily tasks because the dysphoria can be so diminishing and so debilitating for them. Um, Everyone's dysphoria varies and not every trans person has dysphoria and that Mm -hmm. doesn't make them any less trans if they Mm -hmm. do have dysphoria or dysphoria comes up in other ways that some people might think oh well that's not a way i would expect it to be yeah but that is their dysphoria and that is what they're going through um so i mean i know there are 
And there are so many other trans folks out there, so many other trans women I know that have dysphoria that is so much worse than mine and I just feel for them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of think, this is not something we would live through for the fun of it. Sure. Yeah. This is not fun not to go through. I mean, and this varies for every person. So many are so beautiful and they say that they are proud to be trans because it's our society that needs to improve and I feel that so yes, much. 100%. I really vibe with that as well. Yeah. We should not have to change for other people but there are some days where from my personal experience I'm just like I wonder what being cis feels like. Yeah. <clears throat> Having to never think about these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it also kind of makes me happy that there are cis allies like you four <laughs> that do want to understand and do want to make life a bit better for us because that's something that most people just do not think about because it is just a foreign concept to most people but yes in terms of us being trans a choice I can say having to do the things that we do to have our gender recognized Mm -hmm. and the fact that for not even just for binary trans people but for non-binary people in the majority of the world you cannot get legally recognized Mm -hmm. like that there is no recognition for your gender Mm you are stuck in the binary of male or female Mm -hmm. and it's distressing and it's horrible and it completely erases your experience as a person and as a human being. And of course, I'm sure if a binary person was here, they'd be able to explain it in much better detail than me. But yeah, it's this constant struggle of just to be who we are. Mm -hmm. And then all of this gender policing on top of it all. Mm. I mean, trans misogyny. I don't think anyone wants to experience trans misogyny. It is horrific and it is so hidden. Mm. And that's the worst part, I think, is that it's so hidden. Like it's not blunt outright transphobia because blunt outright transphobia, everybody recognizes to an extent. Mm. There are people that try to legitimize that even, Mm -hmm. but at least it's to an extent recognizable. Yeah. And at least um, like a lot of cis people do... um, call that out but then it's the other um transphobia that's more hidden that can be pretty it really detrimental is. it really is i know there was some i think it was um it's that kind of indirect bigotry that mm. is just so debilitating i think there's some really great advocates that were talking about indirect indirect bigotry that i really resonated with mm. is it's when they hide things when they mask it yeah. much like how modern misogyny is so different to what um misogyny looks like in the 1960s they've hidden it so much better now yeah it's not so much they've improved they've just tried to hide it better yeah it's like okay we love that you're all so good at playing hide and seek (laughs) (laughs) we're done now but the thing is we still found you yeah wake up yeah (laughs) Mm. that definitely yeah you can see that within society how they're just moving towards um different ways of being transphobic or being misogynistic and and things like that so thank you so much (laughs) for explaining it um so transgender kids or young people in sports have an unfair advantage okay big one big question yeah excellent question and a very heated one Mm, at the moment it's Um, pretty heated for sure so and I think it's important to mention this before we start is currently there is multitudes upon multitudes of legislations attempted to being passed in the mm-hmm. United States, especially. And now because of the United States actions across the world yeah. of anti-trans legislation that basically is targeting these little trans kids mm-hmm. who represent such a tiny fraction of any school, to be honest, yeah. and saying that they are a threat to 
real girls, as they like to put it. Oh. And they recently, um, trigger warning, this is a very derogatory term I'm going to be mentioning right now, which is what they've been referring as to trans girls. So just be wary. Um, they refer to them as, quote unquote, biological boys. No. That's what they call trans girls at the moment. That's it actually awful. gives me chills just thinking about it yeah. really because it's the most horrible thing to yeah. be called. Yeah. As a child as well. Yeah. Not to mention there's been some recent, I think the Trevor Project and Healthline recently released some statistics, especially since 2020. Yeah. Um, they said, I think it was either 46 or 50% that have, a, that have either had or have attempted suicide. Mm. Because, and especially because 2020 was the year of anti-trans legislations, really. Yeah. And 2021 has not changed in that. Yeah. Now they're just going gung-ho with it. Yeah. yeah. Especially since, and I take, I don't know, maybe they're all just getting kind of excited because Joe Biden's now president. So they're like, okay, we better rush this quickly. Let's get yeah. them all done with. So states across the board, um, Arkansas succeeded in banning gender-affirming health care for trans kids. Mm. <sighs> So um, sad. Yeah. This is happening, and I think people don't realize that this yeah. is happening to us right now. While you are all, while everyone else is sitting around having this like a fun little debate and talking about yeah. it like it's some kind of intellectual conflict or some yeah. kind of external thing, yeah. this is a real human rights conflict yeah. we are seeing. Exactly. This is child abuse we are yeah. seeing, and they want to frame supporting trans kids yeah. as child abuse. They yeah. want to send parents yeah. that to support prison. trans kids to jail, mm. send doctors to jail, because apparently politicians are doctors now, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. The bills are just coming in, coming out. And in terms of the one of trans girls in sports, they have tried to claim it like it is so many other things. They've tried to claim it's concern for fairness, when I think what we need to do actually is all have a biology lesson because mm, as exactly. far as I know so far, children before puberty have basically no advantage over each other Yeah, because biology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about it. Facts don't care about your yeah. feelings. And that's where, it kind of, that's where it kind of comes in as well. It's like this faux concern that they're having because the facts or this biology concept that they keep trying to talk about is actually incorrect. It isn't. And it's annoying that the media has this kind of control over these and they can just portray these facts as real when because nobody even goes further and looks into those types of things because there is so much trust within the media. And It's also so scary when Caitlyn Jenner is the person that people look to for this kind of voice as well Mm. because she does not speak for trans people people forget that and they use her voice as like the whole experience for everyone Mm, when it's not she's not there to protect children at all oh no she's definitely not that's such a good point you brought up samara um just because one trans person says something doesn't mean suddenly they're all We're all wrong. Yeah. And it's so true. This all in the thing of they keep portraying these things as facts when mm. I think what it actually is, is they're just enforcing the gender binary. Exactly. Yeah. They're saying sex organ equal gender. Mm. And that and that means your body is, I mean, and it's funny because then they, it's funny people conflate things. You can tell just by reading comment sections mm-hmm. from transphobic people that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then you realise so many of these people are just average cis people that are being so fear-mongered and yeah. scared yeah. off by people that they don't know anything about. Yeah, It's also fundamentally anti-feminist as well mm. because if you're putting so much emphasis on females' sex organs and stuff, it's just 
ridiculous because that's what you're trying mm. to fight for in feminism is to not be seen by your reproductive organs mm. and then t- for women especially to cis women to especially be fighting against this is just so hypocritical as well mm. which is just ridiculous yeah and i think it's a good point to kind of intersect here at the moment that when what adam was saying before of trans people not all having the same experiences and every experience will be different and when Samara was talking about Caitlyn Jenner like Caitlyn Jenner is a rich white woman (laughs) like and she has a conservative rich white woman and her Mm. beliefs and her ideologies and everything and her experiences aren't so many trans people have said this person does not represent my community this person does not represent me because our experiences are not the same thing and I think it's really important to just remember when you're looking at the media and you're seeing a trans person being represented a certain way or you're seeing one trans person say something and then another trans person saying something different that's Mm. perfectly fine because these people are not a monolith like how we have always reiterated and Mm. one person cannot speak and does not speak for the entire community and it's important to remember that especially when looking at Caitlyn Jenner that she has a lot of privilege in her position too Mm. and she does not speak Mm. for the everyday trans woman so true yeah that is such a good point Ruby Mm. she really doesn't and to be honest if you look anywhere at many trans spaces apart from maybe like the few that also unfortunately have such internalized transphobia that they can't yeah. even see what they're doing yeah and it's kind of sad really like whenever i see trans people perpetuating transphobia mm. i always see it as a tragedy so in terms of caitlin jenner whether she's trans or not the things she's saying mm. ultimately are dare i say it they're just factually incorrect yeah, yeah. and they're harmful and harmful. very and very harmful yeah and i think that's something people keep forgetting is that well what we know about trans kids is they are the gender they say they are. Yeah. And for, there's no other way to say it. Definitely. And in terms of all the studies they've done, because they keep doing them. Mm. And it's great that they're doing them. And unfortunately, it's for something that is so, for something that everybody is so fascinated in hating. Yeah. There has been actually a problem with getting things funded and researched. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you're so concerned about them, then pay for more research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost as if they know what the research is going to say. They just won't admit to it. It's true. And that's where it comes into this like class divide and and money divide as well, because Mm, to have this research done, you do need money. And for a lot of the um, communities that we're talking about, um, money and their experiences don't come hand in hand. So it's been, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. That's true. Um, My gender specialist actually that I see here, talked about this actually a trans day visibility and he talked about how um people even going through medical school are walking out with no idea about the gender yeah. binary yeah. yeah they're literally walking out with no understanding whatsoever yeah. so it's an issue across the board definitely and um and it's funny because yeah. stuart is and he was he was trying to he's trying to train other people mm. But they have no, they know nothing. Mm. So he's kind of got to start from square one. And this yeah. is the case for most gender affirming doctors across the globe. Yeah. Is they're all kind of on their own. Mm. Yeah. Because you really do have to go out of your way in a way to kind of do this. Yeah. And whilst it's been completely affirmed, like you look at the DSM-5 standards of care, it's all there for treating gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. World Health Organization has made it show that it's official it's official now as we've always known it to be but it just took ages for it to change as being trans is not an illness Mm. but gender dysphoria is a i guess i don't know gender dysphoria overall it's a condition and something that needs to be helped with alleviating how do you alleviate gender dysphoria 
by many different reasons, whether it's supporting or affirming your the trans person in your life, using correct pronouns, mm-hmm. them being in a supportive environment, um, getting certain medical transition needs if they wish to and if they need such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always jokingly say this, and this is just me personally, but yeah. if suddenly the whole world is completely supportive of me being trans, being the kind of person I am, I just I just talk about things randomly. I will t- I will tell everybody I am trans. <laughs> I don't care. Mm. But because the world is so hostile, yeah. and because when you as soon as you mention you're trans, you're suddenly defined by it, yeah. and suddenly all of these stereotypes dictate the way people see you yeah. and your opportunities in life. For sure, it is so different. For sure, and some, um, but yeah, like so, like um, in all kinds of different places I go to, like even in the play, I don't. I was I didn't feel comfortable telling everyone I was trans straight away. Yeah. And if people want to say I'm tricking anybody, I'm not. I'm a woman. That's who mm, I am. Just because my experience is trans doesn't mean I'm deceiving anybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah everyone thinks that you have to disclose every part about yourself. Yeah. Um, so the thing about how I jokingly said um that I wouldn't mind letting every the whole world know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if it was just something that was just regularly accepted. Mm. Like Definitely. And I think that's a huge thing that people should focus on is that's a lot of the reason why people Uh, don't feel like disclosing this type of thing about themselves as well is because then they will literally be uh, I don't know just like violence can come from these things or or other types of discrimination towards um, trans people you just touched on a really good point there which was about violence Mm -hmm. Um, if specifically for trans women if we are heterosexual or are interested in dating men of any kind, mm-hmm. it is a completely different world and mm. it is a scary world. Yeah. Um, and it's fun and it's sad really to see that there has just been more and more ways that they are trying to make out that we're the problem. Mm-hmm. Groups are trying to make out that it's not transphobia. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, being, and, and then they'll say things like, oh, but the problem isn't that even if you've had SRS, which is sex reassignment surgery, also known as gender confirmation surgery, mm-hmm. you're still used to have that thing. Mm. So I don't feel comfortable with that. You're deceiving me. Some oh. of them even have tried to claim that if I, if a trans woman has had SRS and then they have a one night stand, that they have raped by deception. Oh, fuck off. Which is so, and so, it's so archaic. And basically they, they shoot themselves in the foot because at the end of the day, what they're trying to say is, I don't want to be with a woman who is trans because I still think trans women are men. Mm. Yeah. They can say it however they want yeah. to. Yeah. They're saying used the to, line. they're saying used to, mm-hmm. or whether it's um previously or a secret. Basically what we're saying is you don't accept trans women as women yeah. and you think they have to disclose their medical history to you. Yeah, and, and with what you like, were saying, um, how at the very start with um, when you first kind of realised it, like you've known your whole life in so many ways as well and all trans people know for so much of their lives and it's just so inconsiderate and ignorant for people to just act like just because someone's come out that's the change completely because yeah. they're always get, they've always been that person yeah it's yeah so like you've true. always been a woman yeah but just because society's put all this like prejudgment or like the gender binary onto you even if you feel like you have which you don't you don't have to know some a trans person does not have to disclose to you um that they are trans but even if you feel like that there's some sort of obligation there what the fuck are you doing to make 
that space a safer environment for trans people to be able to openly say it like you said before Aiden that you would run around screaming it if you could but the thing is is we don't live in that society where it is uh, it's acceptable to do that and especially living even just on the Gold Coast where there's so much transphobia and stuff and it just you know there's a lot of cis white men who are not doing their part to make it a more fair and equal place and a more safe environment for trans people to be able to yeah. disclose that. For sure. Mm. It's a very don't ask, don't tell type of vibe yeah. on the Gold Coast. With and things. not to mention with the whole thing of, that's such a good point really, I really agree. And with the whole thing of dating, I think what people don't realize, and that's something we really don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, like ev- I feel like everybody should know this by now, but they just don't, which is okay. So we'll talk about it. The majority of time a trans woman gets murdered, it's because suddenly the guy finds out mm. she's trans. Yeah. 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 And the murder rate of trans women, especially black trans women, is mm. atrocious. Yeah. 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 In fact, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. And I think it's so much and ultimately it's so much worse for them than it is for me. But honestly, I will I check through my feed every week or every two weeks, another black trans woman is killed. Yeah. 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 And and then sometimes there's trans other trans women of color or trans women in Brazil mm. or trans women in other countries that are even more hostile and mm. they're happening here. Mm. There was a trans woman that recently they find at court they finally acknowledged that this man assaulted her who is a police officer, who is a police yes. officer, just because she wouldn't look him in the eyes. Oh. And I think her and her name was Anya Bradford. Um and she finally, I think she just recently got justice. I don't know the full details though about it, yeah. so definitely go have do your own research about it. But mm. he was trying to claim that she provoked him to restrain her. And that kind of hostility to us, mm. literally for just being alive, yeah. is what we're going through. And I just hope more people can really understand that. So when they talk about this whole dating issue, it's life and death for, for us, sure. darling. Yeah. I don't care if you don't want to date me. The problem is you want to kill me for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Or you want to kill one of my sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Or you want to kill specifically my black sisters. You think you can get away with it more. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Definitely. And the fact that they do get away with this violence um, towards trans women, especially black um, trans women as well, is just, it's just awful. And it's just, it needs to be talked about to an extent, but it needs there's something needs to be done about it. And yeah. for people, um, yeah, giving this like faux concern about um, finding out that your partner is like a trans woman, but really it's actually more scary for that trans woman to be in that situation because she's seeing around her all these trans women and black trans women, people dying at the hands of men yeah, just and at the dance of like of this male fragility that they feel. Definitely. Like why are you so angry about this? Yeah. Why, has it really affected you in such a huge way? But it's like it's their ego and that fragility that they do feel that it gives them this violence and gives them this hatred. Yeah, and with the whole the bigotry on trans women – when they do say things like you don't have female reproductive organs or something like that, um, it's just subjecting women to only be reproductive organs. I know, and that that's right. like exactly the, the only thing that we are useful for, which is so untrue. And our sex and our gender assigned at birth does not associate a 
and have anything to do with our mm. actual genders. And like, I think that a lot of the times these violent people have a lot of internalized issues so and experiences true. where they just perpetrate violence back onto it because they're just not under, yeah. they're, they're unsure about themselves. Yeah. A lot of the themes that we talked about in the last episode where we were speaking about um, male perpetrated violence are very similar to the violence that trans women will experience from mm. cis men mostly. Like, mm. we're going to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Queensland is the worst state when it comes to recognizing people's genders on their proper documents and everything like that. So, in Queensland, you must have. SRS, SRS, yeah, yeah. SRS, SRS to have your sex changed on your birth certificate, along with New South Wales, and they're um, actually proposing a reform bill for this that's actually yeah. coming at the end of the year for Queensland, which will bring them as the last state to actually not require SRS for people to then change their um, birth certificates, passports, etc., like that. And it is really important when you think about it when we talk about recognizing people's genders on their documents, especially when it comes down to travel too, because there are, I think, over 70 countries that still have a lot of anti-trans discrimination laws in place in their country. So when trans people decide to travel from Australia as well, it is super important that they have their identifying gender on their passports and documents and everything like that as well. Um, So pretty much summed up brilliantly by Ruby. Currently the law in Queensland, Australia, which is where I live, um, which does unfortunately, ref- which affects all of us who were born here, is if you have not had SRS, your gender cannot be recognised by births, deaths and marriages. Mm. This is so much more of an issue than people may think it is. Because they might say, well, there's anti-discrimination laws in place. This is just, quote unquote, biology, whatever they want to call it, mm. which we know is garbage. Yeah. But they'll come up with, so they'll but the problem is, is this literally means that when it comes to even things like statistics, mm-hmm. if we want to get more accurate statistics of what our lives like are as trans people, we're mm-hmm. not recognized because yeah. literally they're not recognizing my gender. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for trans women like myself, if we experience domestic violence by our partners in a heterosexual relationship, for example, that will not, I will not, my statistics, our statistics will not be recognized as violence against women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. even though it is violence against women. True. And it's funny how they talk about how, oh, the statistics are so low, everything's fine. And I say the reason it's low is because most of us are not recognized. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say, this is a very dark way of doing it, but if let's say, on, if I say theoretically, I died tomorrow for whatever reason, they would say a man died. Mm. So if I got murdered for being trans, they'd say, that would not really come up. Yeah, That's so fucked up. Yeah. That is. So in a way, it's 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 kind of trans erasure in its mm, own right. Sure. I mean, and and that gives people the reason. Even though there are anti discrimination policies in place, this gives people a reason to discriminate. Yeah, it's that the trickle down discrimination from those exactly. Policies. And of course, the biggest thing people keep talking about is will men start abusing it to invade women's spaces. And this is such a heated topic, and it's something that everybody keeps bringing up. They have changed this law in many states in Australia and across the world. They have noticed no surge in any of these crimes. Mm. The only thing they've noticed is a decrease in discrimination for trans people. And in those rare cases that they do, we deal with them. Mm. Because there are crazy people, well, not, not crazy, that's not the right word. Because that's a very ableist term, actually, crazy. I try yeah. not to use that. Apologies. Um, Thanks for saying that, actually. <laughs> 
I didn't know that. Yeah, the yeah. word, that kind of word has a lot of connotations of ableism. True. And um, it's really some, and it's unfortunately something that I'm really trying to work out of my vocabulary, yeah. but I'm going to keep working at it. I will too. <laughs> so yeah, um, so it's, it's, it's awful really that, and also there are just, there are people that will do these kind of things anyway. Like we could say the same about cis women. There are cis lesbians that maybe there's maybe like been like one or two cases of a cis lesbian hurting someone in a women's bathroom. Are we going to ban all cis mm -hmm. lesbians from using yeah. the women's bathroom? Where are they going to go? Yeah. yeah. Or even just uh, uh, women hurting other women. It's so true. We can't, this idea, it's just, it, which is why we just think that ultimately it is the point of them saying they think trans women still are men. It's just another way of them saying we don't think trans women are real women. Mm. So they feel like we're some kind of imminent threat that's waiting to happen when at the end of the day we're just, it's funny, there's actually been multiple women now that have done really funny videos where they go to the bathroom and tell people exactly what they do in there. And not like the really, like, not like the open parts, but yeah. like they in the washroom specifically, like when they're washing their hands, they're like, okay, I just use the bathroom. I'm washing my hands. What am I going to do now? I'm probably going to walk out. <laughs> I know, right? I'm so terrified. <laughs> I just, I just don't know. I what love people, the people who are making those videos. I hate yeah. that it has to happen, but it's so yeah. nice to see that kind of thing. Yeah. It's crazy because people who want to hurt other people aren't going to be deterred by laws like that. They're going to hurt people no. regardless. Mm. And so it just doesn't really make any sense yeah. to me. Like really a man is not going to go to the effort of transitioning to hurt women. They're going to hurt women regardless. Yeah. Like it I doesn't mean, stop violence. Not yeah. to mention the majority of men, just you look at the nature of the gender binary and transphobia, they all are, they all detest us. Mm. They hate trans women. Yeah. They express all of this misogyny and then suddenly they act like they care about women when they want to hurt yeah. trans women. Yeah, exactly. And you'll notice that it's really interesting yeah. actually. Mm. suddenly like you'll they'll, they'll talk about wanting to protect women when they talk <laughs> about trans women and then they're like oh so are you a feminist and then they're like no i'm not a feminist yeah. <laughs> yada 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 misogyny 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 yeah. so i just think okay so you don't really care about anybody do you, you just care about yourself yeah, yeah exactly sure. we get it we got it <laughs> and you talked about before just really briefly touched on like trans exposure and trans visibility as well in society in these really general spaces as well and like how do you think that being able, like, I know it's probably really obvious to you, like, why, but I just want you to explain, like, why it is so important that um, trans people are, vis are visible in society and are visible and are able to have their correct gender displayed on their identification and to be referred to with the correct gender. I just want you to explain why that is so important. Um, that's a lot of different answers to that. It's a good question. And I think it could be unpacked over for, like, five hours. I think yeah. let's talk about it, but... Uh, kind of simplify it from my understanding. One, it's it's just basic manners. Yeah. Mm. You know, when somebody goes and gets a name change, you don't walk around going, what was your real name? Mm. I mean, it's just, it's not, so it doesn't apply. Yeah. This is their name. This is who they are. Yeah. Just use that. Mm. So I think it's very much the same as that as it's inaccurate. And it's also just inaccurate. Mm. If people, True. if I was to be referred to as a man, it would be inaccurate to my life and experience. Mm. Yeah. I am not treated like a man in society. Mm. I do not experience male privilege anymore. Yeah. Mm. And even if I did get perceived male privilege, I didn't necessarily benefit from it. Yeah. Mm. So now it's a thing of, 
you're just it's just an inaccurate thing to say like yeah. to refer to me as a man is just inaccurate yeah to refer to any trans woman as anything but they are but they are is inaccurate yeah. same for trans men for non-binary people mm-hmm. for all of us yeah and it's yeah and, it, and not to mention it prevents us from being hurt for sure because if our documents have something that clearly isn't us mm-hmm. that gives people a reason to hurt us and you'll notice that people intrinsically do this. It's a strange thing that happens subconsciously. As soon as one person starts misgendering someone, other people start misgendering them. Mm-hmm. And it ends up becoming a much bigger issue For sure. when it could have just been a simple thing, which is why self-correcting is so important. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like shout or scream at anybody if they accidentally get it wrong. I have some, I, have a, I think I've, there's one person I know in my life who actually I, work professionally with and sometimes they will misgender me by accident sometimes by but purely by accident it's because they just can't do it but I do I guess I just think but what I really need people to do is just self-correct themselves more than they do yeah and don't you don't have to apologize tremendously you're not a bad person Mm. I don't well I don't think you're a bad person if you're not meaning to if you're not bothered then I would say you need to be bothered yeah but if you are bothered and you're just genuinely got this it's just so deep in your subconscious, just trying to get rid of it. And you're like, oh, sorry, she yeah. working on it. I hope you were right. Yeah. All that. And as long as you're not making excuses or not, to, oh, it was just so long that I knew you was this. Yeah. Mm. As long as you're just saying, oh, she still working at it. I'm going to get there soon. Yeah. I'll keep at it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Showing and that's your support. All. Yeah, well. it's true. And then when you notice someone else misgendering, I think someone already said this, but just going, oh, she. Mm. Yeah. Or yeah. Oh, they, they, yeah. them. Yeah. That's what you need to do. For sure. For sure. It's so simple for people to do. It's so yeah. easy and it makes our lives so different. When people yeah. refer to me, when people do those kind of things, I get so happy and so yeah. touched. And then a really nice ally will be like, I don't know, I'm just being a decent person. <laughs> and I'm just here going, I know, but we don't get that very yeah. Literally, the bare well, minimum kind of is considered so <laughs> important when yeah. everyone should be changing their language mm-hmm. and getting up to speed with what this is, like what society is doing right yeah. now and how it is and how mm-hmm. people are identifying and yeah. just changing your language. Like we all make mistakes, but just calling yourself out and thinking about it and even yeah. just doing further research because once you, once you do expose yourself to trans people, and trans Instagrams and like mm. movies with trans people, like you will just completely come to acknowledge that there is more to the binary mm. than just masculine and feminine or man and woman as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much easier once you start actually trying to change the language mm-hmm. instead of just conforming or staying the same. It's mm-hmm. so true. And it's difficult, but we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even some of us as trans people still have to learn things. We're all in this together. For sure. Yeah. As long as you just acknowledge, as long as people just acknowledge their privilege as cis people. For sure. And make sure that they take the time to make sure that we speak first mm-hmm. in these situations as mm. the trans experience is our experience. Yeah. And are just okay with having a listen and just sharing it around. Whenever I want to advocate or speak up for marginalized people that don't apply to me. Mm-hmm. And acknowledging my personal white passing privilege as a white passing Persian English trans woman, or as somebody, or as a very well masked autistic person, mm-hmm. I always want to make sure that I am letting them speak first mm-hmm. and 
I just so and so if you can't do that just share what they're saying yeah. so whenever I see what they're saying instead of me making a post re- trying to reiterate what they're saying like why do that when they you could just listen to them directly yeah, yeah sure amplify their voices and yeah. it's something we all need to learn to do better is stop trying to speak for people that aren't us yeah mm. That's very much like with the question we were going to ask, you know, with allyship <laughs> is when we do have these cis privileges or white privileges or male privilege or just any sort of privilege, it's best to always pass them like and just to listen mm. and learn from other people because we have cis experience and we only know from what we know and we don't know anything beyond that and that's why we are just so grateful <laughs> to have you here today because Aww. you've taught us so much yeah. and I hope that everyone listening here has l- taken a lot out of this because I sure have yeah. it's just been so amazing to listen to you speak yeah thank you yeah. so much for coming in and organizing this with us yeah. it's honestly been so amazing yeah. to listen to you and yeah. I hope everyone has learned something from this episode today and go follow Aiden on Instagram we yeah. will put her on our Instagram too yes. <laughs> I'll tell you something else you can do just quickly yeah yeah another thing that's so going. good is to actually donate to organizations yeah. that are doing mm. these things 100%. most of them do not get government funding yeah. Yeah. and most and there are people that will reach out to others I've had a couple beautiful really precious trans people reach out to me who are in awful situations yeah. that I can't yeah. even explain. Um, as a woman that I'm trying to help at the moment, um, you can find all the details on my Instagram. If you can share it around and donate to them, they yeah. deserve to live happy and safe lives. Yeah. They do not have anti-discrimination protections. Yeah, they do not sure. have Medicare. They do mm. not have Centrelink. Yeah. Mm. Um, so reach out, so try and help those that you can. Um, check things out if you and donate to organizations there are so many organizations especially for black trans folks mm. go and f- help them yeah just put just be able even if even if you can't donate much donate something yeah and if you can't donate a huge amount share it around yeah. encourage other mm-hmm. people to donate and it's it really does help a lot and it's it makes a whole bigger difference because yeah. they're the only because they're the groups that fight for us they keep everything for going sure. They look after so many of us that are much more vulnerable than I am. I'm very, I'm so lucky to have parents that support me. They have a house to live under. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about going hungry, but so many of them are literally, I mean, we could even talk about employment, parades, mm, unemployment. Yeah. We don't have time oh. for that. But <laughs> basically there are a lot of things in place that make, render so many of us in a really dire financial place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something we've got to do from the grassroots so please donate if you can yeah. some things you can donate to on my bio yeah we'll put some in our um show notes and on the instagram as well because totally. there's some really awesome websites that Aiden actually sent me that give a lot of information on trans um resources mm, so i'll put them in the, the show notes absolutely yeah oh, for sure yeah. education is everything the more you learn 100%. the better mm. and there's no harm in learning yeah mm. like you can't love it i don't think anybody can i don't know Nobody regrets learning. Yeah. Nobody regrets learning. That's yeah. a good that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good one. You can use that. Nobody regrets learning. Saskia twenty twenty one. Thank you all so much oh, for having thank you. me. No, thank Being you. I'm just I love you. And whilst I'm just one trans woman, I know it always they always say, um, when one of us is lifted up and when one of us gets to speak, many of us more speak. And yeah. um I hope any trans person is listening to this knows how wonderful they are and your yeah. love precious they are yep. you're so so loved mm. and it doesn't feel like it but you truly are yeah so and we support you terry thank you yeah i'm getting terry yeah <laughs> but please and if you feel 
any certain way reach out there are mm. people that want you to be here yeah i want you to be here mm -hmm. i don't even i know i don't know you but i want you to be here we all want you to yeah. be here it's a wonderful quote from a song by young blood <laughs> which was um a switch from the song mars that he wrote about a trans woman who is a fan of his mm. and um the question it goes um do you feel like you're irrelevant do you feel like you're just scared as fuck and i think that's so powerful in a way so you are relevant mm -hmm. mm. and you are needed yeah amazing thank you adam perfect thank, thank you have a thank lovely you. week everyone thanks have for a listening lovely week, everyone. Yep. Mm. See bye next see you next episode <laughs> <laughs>